Thanks for joining me today for episode 22 of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Freilich podcast. My guest today is Denise Brown of Patterson, Georgia. An educator, coach, and basketball official, she has officiated in multiple Final Four high school state games. Denise and her husband are also owners of iREF, which features casual clothing for officials. You can go to irefofficialwear.com, that's I-R-E-F officialwear.com, and check out their store. I had the pleasure of doing that this past week, and there's some really neat things there. So check it out, uh, irefofficialwear.com. As a basketball official, Denise is a member of the South Georgia Basketball Officials Association. She started a varsity schedule in 2013, and since then, she has worked state championship games in Georgia in 2017, 2018, and 2019 to go along with her state semifinal assignment in 2016. That is just an amazing career in a short amount of time. She works college basketball as well in Division II's Sunshine State Conference, say that five times, (laughs) and in Division III's Southern Athletic Association. In her professional career, Denise is a middle school business education teacher and a middle school cross-country and track coach. The podcast is made possible week in and week out because of the support from our major sponsor, PQ2 LLC, and its owner and fellow basketball official and friend, Matt Kearns. Please visit pq-2.com and learn more about PQ2 LLC. And if you would like to become a segment sponsor of this podcast, please contact me at markfralick at hotmail.com. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to this podcast. Once you do that, you will receive a notification on your phone so you can receive an update on your device whenever a new episode appears. And finally, if you would like to consider a gift to support this podcast, I would really appreciate that very much. Help keeping this podcast going. You can go to anchor.fm backslash mark dash Fralick and click on the support button. You can make a one-time gift or you can utilize the various monthly options. I thank you in advance for that gift. I hope you enjoy listening to Denise. She uh, she helped keep this episode under an hour with really some clear and concise thoughts. And I think you'll be impressed with her discussion points as well. Enjoy the show. All right, it's episode 22, and I've gone down to the state of Georgia once again for a guest. Actually, I've contacted the uh, Georgia High School Athletic Association and asked for some recommendations on officials, and Denise Brown's name was returned to me, so I'm really excited to have her on the show. Uh, You heard of her credentials, and now we'll talk about high school basketball officiating for the next hour. So, Denise, welcome to the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick Podcast. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Oh, you've worked the last three state championships in Georgia, the way it looks. So how are things looking for you this year? Do you find out soon about that, or, or how does that normally play out? I think there's a wait period after you work so many in a row. So I think I'm I'm on the sit-out list right now, which is fine. I think um, there's opportunities. We've got a lot of great officials in the state of Georgia, so um, that opportunity is there for others to step on the floor. Where is that normally played? It is in Macon, Georgia. 
Okay. And is what uh, I'm not really sure what university is, is there. It's actually at the Centriplex. It's not at a university. Okay. It's a coliseum um, right there in the middle of Macon, Georgia. Okay. And are they still planning on having it there this year? Yes, they are. Oh, okay. Well, good. Well, I know that uh, a lot of states are, uh, well, some states haven't even gotten, gotten into uh, the high school basketball season yet. I think uh, there's a few on the West Coast that I've talked to. I saw that Connecticut just started um high school basketball here recently um how are things going in georgia with the coronavirus and uh, are you getting a lot of canceled games we are um it's sporadic and teams are trying to reschedule the best they can but the season is rocking on and um, it's extended maybe a week um, later than we normally finish up our playoffs but the state playoff schedule is still um scheduled for March, uh, the state championships being played right there in the middle of March. Okay. How's your, right now we're, we're on. That's, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. And, uh, I hope that other States are, that are playing are, are right on schedule as well. How are things going for you this season? Um, is it different? Do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? Do uh, any special situations or anything that you want to talk about this year? It is definitely different. Um, I do wear a gaiter um, around my neck, and I pull it up when I'm in within six feet of a coach or a player that needs to be addressed. Um, however, I do not wear it when I am officiating. But that is definitely different. Yeah, I, I've seen about everything um, throughout the season, you know, uh, the, the gaiters, the masks. Uh, I, I saw the other day um, – uh, somebody wearing gloves and goggles. And so there, it, it's just a lot of, uh, different things. And, and certainly with the crowds that are there now, they're, they're scaled back and we can definitely hear, <laughs> hear the fans a little yes. bit more, can't we? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this is, uh, broken up into multiple segments as those who uh, have listened to the podcast know, we start out with the pregame. Uh, and then we go to the first quarter and second quarter. We have a halftime break, and then we come back for the third and fourth quarters, followed by the postgame and the five quick decisions. Before we get into the pregame, we want to take a little break and listen to Matt Kearns and PQ2 LLC. Hey, Ref, if your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough, candid, and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding, extrusion, or blow molded project. Make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. The pregame begins, uh, we just get to know each other a little bit, kind of like the pregame in basketball. So uh, tell us a little bit about your journey into officiating and how you got into it. All right. Well, um, I was a coach, um, girls basketball coach at the middle school and the high school level for about 15 years. And on year 15, um, I was actually coaching a ball game, middle school, and uh, just some decisions were made by the officials and, and these guys that that called my games I had known for years, and I just said, you know what? If these guys can do it, I think I can do it too. So it really kind of it sparked my interest, even just saying that out loud. So I contacted the, our local association, and uh, they were happy to 
to welcome me in, and I started attending the uh, rules meetings and uh, found out quickly that I didn't know as much about rules that I thought I did as a coach, which was really kind of cool. Um, so I attended the training meetings as I was still coaching. Um, so that last year of coaching, I was a lot uh, more reserved as a coach and uh, was observing the officials as uh, they called the game. So that's how it started. Do you remember your first game? I don't remember my first um, JV game because I coached my season and ended in the middle of January mm -hmm. and picked up officiating with the JV season, which was coming quickly to an end. I don't remember my first JV game, but by the end of that season, my very first season, um, my assigner and my association had enough confidence in me to put me on a varsity wow. three-man crew at the end of my first season. I do remember that very very vividly. That's really something um, in your first season, and and to know that the confidence was there with both your your judgment. Obviously, you knew the game from being around it. Um, your three man mechanics. I'm sure that that's something that you might have had to get used to, but it sounds like you were very well into that. So, um, talk a little bit about that first game then in, in the varsity. Okay, um, it was at a private school, and uh, two veteran officials with me, and. Uh, pre-gamed me very well, went over some scenarios and uh, rotations and, and mechanics and just kind of a really crash course. Uh, we got out on the floor and it was a pretty difficult school to officiate at. They were they're pretty tough fans. But nonetheless, um, you know, as the game went on, I, I fell into a, a groove and each dead ball, my crew team was just, they were there to help me and adjust some things that needed to be adjusted with my mechanics and just told me to look for certain things and uh, really encouraged me throughout the whole game. And it was, it was a very good experience. And from that point I was, I was hooked. Yeah. That's kind of like drinking through a fire hose. I mean, you're under the gun right away <laughs> in your first exactly. year. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Any, how are you feeling before the game? Oh, I was nervous. Absolutely nervous, excited, um, but nervous. Talk about some of the lessons maybe that you learned early in your career um, and, and how that impacted your officiating. Okay. Um, I can remember um, being told by my assigner many a times, referee big, referee big. And I'm, I just, I knew what he was saying. I am, I'm a, sh I'm short in stature. I'm five foot three. So I can't get any taller physically, but what he was trying to tell me was be confident, blow your whistle, be confident in your calls, you know, just referee big. And so that was, that was important as a young official, we all ball watch and I got dinged on that a lot. So just through experience, uh, was I through camps, through game situations, I was able to uh, get past that. So that was some early lessons learned. But I think the biggest thing was, you know, even though I got tired of hearing it, referee big, um, it, it made an impact because I did get confident um, just through studying my rules knowledge, the calls I was making, um, and just the reinforcement from, from my association. Mm -hmm. the, this section is the pregame section. So talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you go through in your pregame with other officials. 
Okay. Um, communication is, is key to me. And the one thing that I stress in pregame is we can't over-communicate. I like eye contact. Um, if, if anything, I just I want to make sure that we are on the same page. So communication is a key. Um, I cover um, PCA, our primary coverage area, being patient, trusting each other um, in our areas, and always addressing bad behavior. Uh, not to let things go on so that it escalates, that we address it, and um, so that we can have a smooth game. And that's not only with players, but with coaches as well. Um, and staying focused. Uh, sometimes we get distracted by the fans that are hollering at us or, you know, the coaches that are just crying about every call and, and not understanding what they're saying. But to stay focused and, above all, stay professional. And uh, the last thing I tell my crew is that there's one thing that we can control, and that's our hustle. Um, there's nothing more than seeing a lazy official on the floor that just gets under my skin. So I encourage my team to hustle no matter what and uh, just stay professional. Yeah, that's a great point because especially this year uh, when a lot of the games are on video, you can really see uh, some of the things that, like the hustle, show up when you're watching film. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's the end of our pregame. We're going to head to the first quarter, but first we're going to hear from PQ2 LLC. Hey, ref, this is Matt Kearns with PQ2 LLC. Call me to discuss your next injection molded plastic resin buy. You'll realize it was a great call. We've been in the plastics business for over 40 years and are thrilled to work closely with world-class customers and best-in-class domestic and global suppliers. You can expect complete transparency through every step of your polymer sourcing process. This year marks my 34th year of officiating basketball in the state of Ohio, and I'm sending my best wishes to you for a safe, successful, and fun year on the hardwoods. Hey, ref. Click on www.pq-2.com. Our first quarter, we talk about coaches and communication. So talk a little bit about some of the specific encounters or maybe some examples that you've had where you've had to deal with a coach and maybe uh, maybe bring the coach down another level. Um, and how how can that help other officials? Okay. Um, being approachable is key. Um, coaches just want to know that you're listening to them. You know, whether or not you make any adjustments or they get the calls that they think they should get, listening to a coach is, is important. Okay. So that is, that's very key. And I encourage officials to do that. Um, so I can remember specifically, it was about two years ago, I was on a pretty big matchup. Uh, with two 6A schools, and this was a boys' game. Um, big gym, big school, big players. Okay, remember, I'm 5'3". <laughs> so uh, I'm at lead, and I get soaked up in the play, meaning my angles were not where I needed to be. I needed to be a step out. Ball goes inside, big guys go up, and I put a whistle on it. As soon as I put air in the whistle, I knew I missed it because I did not get a good angle. I did not see the whole play start, develop, and finish. But I had to go with it, right? Mm -hmm. So I walked to the table. I reported it. 
and we were in front of the visiting bench that I call the foul on. So their coach, six four, six five, big man, Miss Rhett, Miss Rhett, how is that a foul? And he's he's giving it to me. So I stand there politely, and I look at him. I let him finish, and I just I look him straight in the eye, and I say, Coach, I missed it. I missed it. Yeah. And he was completely taken back. And he looked at me very sincerely and he said, I want you to know in the 20 plus years I've been coaching, I've never had an official tell me that. Wow. Yeah. So I just kind of shrugged my shoulders like, I'm not going to try to make it up. I'm not going to admit that I miss calls all the time, but that was a situation where I wasn't going to make an excuse. I missed it. So I think from there on the respect he had for me and our communication you know was was great yeah that's that's a great uh great example and uh, as you look back at some of the coaches that you've dealt with who are some of maybe some of the more memorable coaches that you've dealt with and what made them memorable right um I won't call any by name but the coaches that stick out in my mind are the coaches that actually know the rules at the high school level Um, You have coaches that dig deep and really go through the rule book and they coach that way. They coach their players so that when a call is made, um, they can say, yes, that was a foul because this um, or however they want to address it. But when something is not called correctly by rule and they have a question, I have a lot of respect for those coaches Mm -hmm. because they're not just trying to, to make noise or draw attention. They actually know what they're talking about. And that, that means a lot. And then plus it keeps me on my toes as well. Have you ever had a coach come up to you prior to the game and, and tell you some of the things to look for from the opposing team? Like they push a lot in the post or they flop a lot. And, and if you've had that happen to you, what do you tell the coach? Oh yeah. They'll, you know, you need to watch so-and-so they're very theatrical or they, you know, they, whatever. And, I'll just shake my shoulders and nod. Okay. You know, I don't entertain it. Um, I let them know I hear them, but then I just, I keep walking. Yeah. It's not something that I'm going to discuss or, or lead them to believe that that's going to affect the way I make my, my rulings. And that puts to bed our first quarter. We're going to head to the second quarter, but first I want you to listen to this. Hey, ref, objectivity, integrity, and experience, all hallmarks of a quality basketball official. At PQ2 LLC, we bring those traits and an unmatched passion for our customers' successful plastic application by being a one-stop shop for thermoplastic resins. Visit our website at www.pq-2.com. Real needs practical solutions, and exponential results. PQ2 LLC. Our second quarter, we deal with players and coaches, and or not coaches, but players and communications. And uh, I think that's an important part of the game, and I, I hope you agree with me on that one. We've talked a lot about that in previous episodes. So what can you say about working with the players What's helped you the most in communicating with them? I would say being a player of the game and a coach of the game has definitely been a tremendous help. 
because yeah. um, I can see uh, from both aspects um, as a player, their frustrations, uh, and as a coach. So that has definitely um, helped me a lot. As an educator, it probably helps too, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an educator at school. Um, I'm a coach in other sports, so teaching is definitely my passion. So it's really hard not to to want to coach while I'm officiating, but I I, I do a good job of kind of suppressing that. <laughs> a lot of times we'll see um, high school educators uh, as basketball officials. What what do you see as like the benefit for having a basketball official also be an educator? Well, being a teacher at nature, you know, um, mm-hmm. by nature, it um, you have different aspects that you can relate to your organization, your um, your tone of voice, your communication. It, it kind of goes hand in hand. What are some of the uh, the most common times while you're officiating? Um, what's some of the common things that you do to proactively officiate using your voice to maintain the flow of the game? When I feel a, a situation is getting out of hand or it's getting heated, I see some maybe some chest bumps or maybe some tempers about to, to flare um, at a dead ball situation, I may just make a comment, uh, be smart, you know, just – and they know what I'm talking about. It, it's not worth it. Just be smart. Keep your teammates under control. Um, and just keep it very superficial, but, but try to, to let them know that I'm aware of what's going on. Yeah, and, and using that proactive officiating, we, we talk about communicating with the players while play is going on as well. Um, do you find yourself doing that as, uh, throughout the game? Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, it depends on the situation. And, again, I, I don't want to um, – be accused of, of coaching. Um, but at the same time, I think there is a, a time that you can definitely speak up and, and do some preventative officiating. Any stories or examples that you can provide during a game when, when communicating with the players really helped you on the floor? Um, nothing real specific. Um, but, you know, in a girls game, you know, I have, you know, looked at them and, and just gave them a look like, it's not worth it. You know, be smart. Uh, you're in the playoffs. You know what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of a, I guess that player mentality that comes out. And I don't know if they sense that or knowing that I'm a coach or have been a coach. Um, so that has helped. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. And, you know, we are at halftime right now, so that was a pretty quick first half. We're going to head to halftime. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll head to the, head to the third and fourth quarters, followed by postgame and the lighthearted five quick decisions. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, this is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend, and former co-official Mark Fralick and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and 
PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. Welcome back for the third quarter. In the third quarter, we talk about officials, communications, crew dynamics. But before we get to the questions, Matt Kearns and PQ2 LLC want to tell you this. Hey, ref, rule one, section A, article three in the project management rule book says trusting your business partner gives you the best chance to launch your new plastics project application. Make PQ2 LLC part of your crew on your next thermoplastic resin application. Call 330-888-9448 and ask for our in-house basketball official and owner, Matt Kearns. Welcome back to the third quarter. Uh, we are here with Denise Brown from Georgia, and uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the third quarter where we discuss officials and communications. And uh, Denise, let's talk a little bit about what we can do as a crew to improve our crew cohesiveness throughout the game, whether that's during pregame, halftime, or even during timeouts. All right, very good. Again, communication is a big key for me. Being prepared mentally before game is important. Um, that we see eye to eye uh, during a pregame and make sure everybody's on the same page. At halftime, we, we regroup, we review the first half, any scenarios that have gone on or, or plays that we may have questions about that a fellow official has made um, and just kind of talk through that. I know sometimes uh, a play will happen and I'll just take a mental picture and, you know, I'll bring it up. Hey, you know, at, at 522, you had this. What do you see on that? And they'll, okay, okay. All right, just, just making sure, just, you know, talking through it. Um, and then as we go out to the second half, uh, we refocus and uh, just go through any scenarios that might happen, talk about team dynamics, and just get, get back um, ready to tackle that, that next half. Um, and whether that be a, a nod of the head when we're out on the floor, between, you know, timeouts, dead ball situation, a thumbs up, we're good, we're good at our spots. Or as it comes to the end of a quarter and we need to come together and say, okay, we've got a tie ball game. You know, we're, we're going to the bonus the next foul. We need to be able to to roll right in that without hesitation. So, um, again, communication is key. You ever find yourself um, coming up with some resistance from other officials when you want to try to have that conversation with them? Absolutely. How tough, Absolutely. Yeah, how tough is that and what? how do you handle that? Um, I think – as as I have proven myself as an official, um, they respect that, um, and I, I'm able to talk to my crew. Um, and when when things happen, I just go to them and say, "Hey, do you trust me? Okay, if so, then let's do this." So, and, and it's it's really good. It's really good. They um, we we're on the same page. We know we're in there. Uh, for the benefit of the kids and doing the right thing and making the, the right call, no matter if somebody calls out of area or, you know, if they took my charge or, you know, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. we, we don't have that mentality. We know that we got, we got the play right and we move on. You know, you talked about uh, as you have uh, proven yourself throughout, and that made me think of some of the younger officials out there. What advice would you have 
for some of the eager young officials moving from the lower levels up to the varsity level? Just to take one step at a time, I had a uh, fellow, um, excuse me, a former player that I coached in middle school who is now grown and out of college and has come back to me and coached. I think I'm going to referee. I said, that's great. I think you'll do a great job. So I keep up with her and she, you know, she'll message me from time to time, coach, I have my first game, you know, just the excitement. Mm -hmm. So my advice is just to take one step at a time, dive into your rule book, spend time off court, watching other games, making notes. Okay. Go to a game with a notepad in hand, write down some things you have questions about, go in at halftime listen to their, or even before the game, listen to their pregame, listen to halftime, listen to postgame. Just being a part of it on the court when you're in stripes and even off the court. And then just to, to pick one thing to work on for each game and build from that. And then the last thing I would say is learn from your mistakes. Take that, think about it, think about what you did, and move on. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice for young officials and actually um, for, for also the, the officials that have been doing this for a long time and, and about the mistakes especially because, uh, yeah, we're, we're making mistakes. Uh, if, if I ever call a, a game that's perfect, um, I'm going to quit. <laughs> that's right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so when you see an official um, on the floor and you're just maybe uh, getting ready for your varsity game and, and you're watching the JV game or even maybe a freshman or, or junior high game and you see an official on the floor, I think you touched upon this a little bit, but what are some of the things that really impress you when you see uh, a young official on the floor? Um, what impresses me is they're, they're willing to adjust. Um, so I know that kind of skips over some things that I'm thinking specifically about watching a middle school game and a new official on the court. And as they come into halftime, I share some situations. I share a picture. Um, I take a picture during a free throw administration of where they're standing and, and use that as a teaching tool. And then them going back on the floor and adjusting immediately and taking that advice and putting it into to action. So that, that's very impressive to me. Um, also, spending time off the court. Um, that same official that I'm thinking about, um, I was told recently that she spends hours watching YouTube games and situations and mechanics, and, and I can tell. Well, that's great to hear. And, and when you're officiating with a younger official or a newer, newer varsity official, how do you find yourself during the game? Do you find yourself in a, a protection mode or a mentoring mode at all? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, if it's a brand new official, the coaches pick that out and they, they want to really, really uh, be hard on them. So that's when I go into protective mode and um, just talk to the coaches and say, look, coach, you know, we have to start somewhere. Um, we're going to, we're going to work together and, and it's going to be all right. And then at the same time, um, dead ball situations, I try to mentor as much as possible um, as well as halftime and, and post game. So the, the uh, last question of the third quarter, I try to reserve for officiating questions. And so if any officials are listening and they do have a question, uh, feel free to submit your question to me, Mark Fralick, at markfralick at hotmail.com. And we can ask an official 
your question on the air here um, in a future episode. But in the meantime, um, for this episode, it's kind of funny that I had you scheduled for this and I saw this question on the uh, NFHS Basketball Officiating Facebook page. So I'm going to ask you this question and hopefully you can provide an answer. Uh, It says, hey, female officials out there, quick question for you all. Pleats or flat front pants for officiating? <laughs> they, uh, she said she tended to like the flat front, uh, but all the men she officiates wear pleats. So <laughs> what's your feeling on that and why? Well, that, that is funny because that has come up um, in the past year. Um, I have always wore the pleated front. Um, I am short. Um, that's really all I've ever wore. However, I did buy the flat panel front and um, it it does look nice. Um, I guess it depends on your build, your stature, your height. Um, and, and again, it's all a personal preference and, and how you feel you look and feel in that particular um, pants. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I was reading some of the comments on this afterwards and, and uh, there were some comments about, you know, making sure everybody matches and uh, some other things. And I, I personally don't think that matters. You get, just got to go out and officiate the game. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah. Well, that's the end of our third quarter. We're going to head to the fourth quarter. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, the fourth quarter is crunch time. With the outcome of the game in the balance, a hoops official's greatest assets are experience, knowledge, and game management skills. And when that final buzzer sounds and we return to the locker room for our post-game debrief, we know we've done our best. When it comes to plastic resins, PQ2 LLC brings the same experience, knowledge, and management skills to every client engagement. Our observations are focused, our solutions are practical, and our results are exponential. Check us out at www.pq-2.com to learn how we've earned our stripes. The fourth quarter is just a variety of questions, and the first one we always kick off with is the game is tied at 60. There's five seconds to go in the game. Team A has the ball underneath their own basket and has called a timeout. So what, Denise, are you and your partners going to be talking about during this timeout? All right, we're going to be talking about off-ball action, any screens, off-ball last shot, uh, staying completely focused so that everyone will have an opinion if something wacky happens and that can happen in a split second okay that's it right (laughs) yeah i mean it it is quick it's quick um you know the same just stay in focus is the main thing okay so we're not talking about where we're going to eat afterwards right no (laughs) as much as we want to now to lighten lighten the uh, mode you know if it's a close game you know hey we're not going into overtime now Uh, but no seriously on a serious note we uh is to stay focused and and make sure that we all have an opinion if anything crazy happens exactly so in tense situations like this um what kind of habits do you use on the floor to remain calm self-talk um just rehearsing things in my head, uh, remembering how I got here, the situations I've been through to handle the particular situation. If I've been in that, that spot before, I just I reflect back, hey, you got this, stay calm, you've studied, you've worked hard, 
you know the rules and um, just to, to just reinforce uh, the confidence in myself mm-hmm. um, and just to know what to do if, if this, then this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I handle it. Yeah. So when you look at officiating, what do you gain from it professionally or maybe even in your personal life? I think um, preparation is key uh, because you have to prepare as an official um, in season, out of season, whether it be rules knowledge, uh, physical training, um, organization, got to be organized, Mm -hmm. teamwork, working with other people. Um, is big and, uh, and I'm, a, I'm a people person so that's not a hard thing for me to do being calm in tense situations how I handle a situation on the court um, can carry over into my personal life into a, a situation where I have to say handle a student or vice versa how I've handled a situation in the classroom and how I handle a situation on the court um, and having to be the voice of reason when needed to so it definitely goes hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so since 2013, your first year, um, what are some of the games that you remember most? Talk about them, if you would, and, and why they were so memorable to you. I have to say the, the opportunity to advance in, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, and like you, you've seen, I advanced pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and I don't take that for granted at all. I, I count that a blessing. Um, but my very first state championship, I was, uh, I coached track. My husband and I teach and coach together, and we were at track practice. And I get a phone call from um, the head basketball liaison of Georgia High School, Andy Coward. And I look at my phone and I answer it, and he tells me I'm going to be in the state championship game. <laughs> well, I run across the track. <laughs> All the way across. I mean, I just leave my kids and I run. My husband is coaching uh, shot and discus on the other side of the field, and I just take out in a pure out sprint. I'm beside myself. Um, So pretty exciting. And then, of course, you know, taking the trip to Athens, to the University of Georgia, and being on that that college floor um, in the arena was, was amazing. Yeah, that first call is absolutely a thrill, and and boy, how exciting that had to have been for you, and and it's great you got to share that with your husband as well, so that's that's even more exciting. So um, what's what's maybe one of the scariest things that happened to you on the court uh, during a game? Um, Unfortunately, I do have a scary situation, and you know, you hear stories uh, of fans being crazy and, and these different situations, but it, it doesn't get to reality until it happens to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can say it actually happened to me um, last year, last season, as a matter of fact. I was in a semifinal game, double-A girls game, three-point game. I was going to come down to the buzzer. I was a center official. Um, Jim was packed, and ball came to my corner, Girl launched a three. I made a call. Game was over. Ended the game. Yeah. We're going off the court, and a fan approaches me as I'm leaving the court, gets face-to-face with me, puts her hands on my shoulders, oh my. and says, you just lost that game. So wow. I politely removed her hands and kept walking. I was in shock. Yeah. Com- completely in shock. 
Um, so needless to say, that was, it, it happened so quickly. And um, I just have to say that, that God gave me a piece that when it happened, that that's all I did. I just politely removed her hands and kept walking. I mm-hmm. didn't say anything ugly. I didn't try to, she didn't hurt me. Uh, I didn't try to retaliate, but it was, it was an awful experience that put me in a state of mind um, for a while to the point where I had contemplated not officiating the season. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was, and I had to leave from there and travel that night to Atlanta because I had the opportunity to call in my division three championship tournament that very next weekend. Mm -hmm. I mean that very next, you know, next two days. So I had to clear my mind from that and, and move on. So it was tough. It was real tough. How many discussions did you have to have with either other officials or maybe your husband or, or um, your mentor or, or, or whomever it might have been to try to get over something like that? Um, you know, it, it's all about timing, and, and I'm just going to be going to speak my heart. Mm-hmm. It's all about God's plan yep. because two, three weeks later is when everything shut down and we were quarantined and I had a lot of time, a lot of time to think, a lot of time to pray, and a lot of time to just go back and relive that moment mm-hmm. and the mistake I made because I made the mistake. I missed that call, but it was something that I couldn't take back. But one thing, and I think this is, this is something I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead, but one thing, the advice that was given to me was, you can't let this define you. Right. You are a good official, and if you let that define you, then you're you're not the official I thought you were. And that really that sunk some teeth, you know. It really did. So, after a, a lot of conversation um, with my husband, with um, I've got a sister that is very involved in NCAA basketball. With her, with my Georgia High School. Um, the liaison and, and even the the head guy, uh, they encouraged me, you know, it, you got to move on. And that was huge. So I think time off and um, a lot of prayer and, and contemplation and helped me to just move on. And when I got back on the floor this season, I knew that's where I needed to be. Well, that's the end of our fourth quarter. We're going to head to post-game, and we'll be right back. Hey, ref, good game. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different. When the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know, visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs. Never ride home wondering if you made the right call.
Welcome back to the post game. And Denise, some of the best parts of officiating is that brother and sisterhood that we all experience and that you've just uh, recently talked about. But, you know, we talk a lot uh, during the uh, drive to the games, the post game destinations, the drives home. Uh, drive home from the games that that really can be some of the best parts and the most interesting parts of officiating so talk a little bit about some of that brother and sisterhood that you've enjoyed and maybe some examples that you've encountered absolutely Um, it's truly a family and and being able to work not only at the high school level but the opportunity to work at the college level has just expanded my official referee family so to speak so Uh, driving to a game I may talk to an official that's on even a whole different game you know where are you going who's your crew you know what's your matchup going to be like and just encouraging each other Um, on the way home talking you know again to a a different crew member on a different game and just sharing our experiences and um, there's nothing like it Um, it truly is a family um, keeping in touch in the off season and the excitement of attending camps in the spring and in the summer, getting to see those people again. Um, it's just, it's really exciting and there's really nothing like it. So whenever I stepped back on to the floor this year and communicated with some other people that I was getting back on the floor, it was, it was an awesome feeling. Yeah. You know, you talked about camps there and I, I think we, I, I omitted from talking about that earlier, but I noticed in your resume um, I think every year since you became a basketball official, you've gone to camp over the summer. Absolutely. Um, it, it's crucial um, in, in your development as an official, um, not only, you know, just learning the game, but just being a part of other people and having the opportunity to be a, a camper and also having a, an opportunity to be a clinician has been an awesome experience as well. You had mentioned previously in the la- in the fourth quarter that uh, you were getting a little bit ahead of yourself on advice, and, and maybe this is it, maybe it's not. But uh, what is the best advice that you ever received from another official? Yeah, that, that's that it. it. Um, just to learn from my mistakes and not let them define me. Um, when something happens and, and you know that you've maybe missed a call or, you know, it, it's just really affected you mentally, uh, you beat yourself up about it, but then you, you have to go on. You have to move on. Don't let it define you. Learn from it. What did you do? Don't make that mistake again and move on. And that's how we learn. Talk a little bit about, uh, again, we, we you know you had talked about the, the support you got from, from the uh, fellow officials, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about family life and um, how you've been able to balance that family life between home officiating and uh, of course the, the job you have at school. So uh, talk about that balance that you've had over the last, you know, since 2013. Right. It's, um, it's tough. Uh, we do only have one child. So that, that does help that I'm not in 15 different directions with, with multiple kids, but it is hard. Um, I, like I said, I am a teacher. I do coach um, in the fall and in the spring and um, we've got one child that, you know, spending time with him is important. He's a senior this year, so I can't get time back. Um, So that balance is very important. And if I don't have my family support, then I'm not doing it. So without their support, and they have been my my number one fan. Uh, My husband has been uh, very supportive since day one. He knows how passionate I am about basketball. That's how we met. Um, I, I played 
uh, at Georgia Southern. That's how we met, and it's always been a part of my life. And he knows that I take it serious, and and he supports me, and as well my son. So you have to have that that support, um, and that it, it's there. And I wouldn't I wouldn't do it if they didn't. And if I feel like it's taken away from my family, um, then that I'm home. And that's where I was at the beginning of this season. Um, I was away from home a lot last year, uh, working high school, uh, two Division two conferences uh, on weekends only because of my job being a teacher. I can't leave during the week. So I was gone every weekend from the end of October to the first weekend of March, minus maybe two or three weekends. So that was a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, after things shut down and we were at home, I realized how much I had been gone. So I decided that with my son being a senior, um, that I didn't want to be gone his senior year. So I, I went ahead and told my high school association and even my college assigners that I was going to take a step back to be at home. Um, but with, with COVID and everything pushed back and everything slowing down um, with their support and blessing, um, I'm back on the floor. Not as much, but I'm back on the floor. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. And uh, a lot of what that shows is that, you know, it really does take a lot of thought between the whole families and a lot of communication. You talked about communication with officials, but it also uh, involves your personal life as well. And, and so kudos to you for, for working that out with your family. I think that's great. Uh, that is the end of our post game. We are going to head to the five quick decisions. We'll be right back. Hey, Ref, PQ2 LLC is proud to be the thermoplastic resin company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448 and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. Officials cite relationships within the community of basketball officials as a huge reason why we take the floor each game night year after year. PQ2 LLC brings the same passion you have in the locker room to every client relationship we've built over the years. So the five quick decisions, and I always kind of get a chuckle on this first question because apparently food isn't available to a lot of different places. Um, I got to tell you, we had a game uh, this past week and uh the place that we go to they after every game they have a a spread for the for the officials and it's great we walked in there and they had bag of chips and uh, a cold meat sandwich in the fridge and a drink and yeah it was fantastic but uh so as you and that was during the weekday so as you look um at, at your officiating uh what are some of the best places that you've had food there's one uh particular high school that that is in our association that in the past they have cooked us soup, homemade soup, mm. chili, uh, fried chicken, homemade goodies during Christmas time. We we always look forward to going there because they're gonna have they're gonna have a spread, and it's usually the scorekeeper that does all the cooking, and and she's ready for us. Unfortunately, they didn't allow her to do that this year oh. with all the COVID right. uh, restrictions, which is understandable, yeah. but. That, that sure does make an official feel good whenever <laughs> yes, they uh, put out a spread like that. 
Yeah, it really does. It shows that appreciation, and I always like that. So, uh, what is the what that you think is the most misunderstood rule from a fans and coaches' perspective? I would have to say uh, block charge. Um, you know, establishing legal guarding position, and when that contact is made, and you call a player control, and oh, they were moving, they were moving, or you know, they spout out something. And uh, just understanding what legal guarding position is and, and where you go from there to decide if it's a block or a charge, um, I think that is a big one. If there's one rule that you could change in high school basketball, what would it be? Uh, specifically to this year, um, I'd like to go back to a jump ball. <laughs> I know that's, that's minor and, and, and not a game changer, but it's just something about a jump ball to start the game. You don't. That's right. I forgot. You don't have the jump ball yeah, down in Georgia, do you? We still school. we still have that in high, in in Ohio. But it, you have a coin flip. Is that what you do? We do. Um, the visiting team gets the ball. Okay. To start the game. And then it's alternate possession after that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. See, back in my day, we had uh, when I played, we had a jump ball wherever you know you had it either at the foul line or at, at, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You do you want to go back to that? That's right. Hey, that's good. <laughs> uh, what might be the funniest thing in your career that a player or a coach ever said to you? Okay, so just Friday night um, at the ball game, player drives in to the to the basket, you know, just to kind of crazy, you know, drive in, nothing, no illegal contact, nothing. And the fan, I was right in front of the fan section, and some of the guys – they're like, oh, come on, Miss Ref, I need a technical on that. Can I get a technical? Like, you know, like a penalty or 50 yards or something. You know, I just I just had to chuckle right there, you know, when they were to my back. And I thought, that's pretty funny. Yeah, you wanted to, you should have a flag and just threw the flag out there yeah, for them, right? Right. <laughs> right. Well, Denise Brown, uh, we thank you for your time, uh, for spending with us here on the uh, High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. I think we got this done in under an hour, which is really impressive, but you included some great information, so I appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much for the, for the opportunity. It was a pleasure. And that closes another episode of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Until next time, have a great day. Brighten someone's day with a smile and God bless.